The disciples went to Jesus and asked him at the beginning of Luke 11, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so he said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And as he taught them this prayer, this is a prayer that as a child growing up, I would say often. This is a prayer that I say at times when I'm weak and I don't know the words or what I want to say to God. I use this very simple prayer because what it does when Jesus teaches us how to pray, we first honor God. We then repent and we ask him to forgive us of all our sins and then ask him for the thing that we need to move forward. So leading us not into temptation. As we progress through this chapter, Jesus continues to teach them more about prayer. And he uses a story and he says, in this story, if you go to a friend's house at midnight and you ask to borrow some loaves of bread and the friend says, I don't have anything to give you to eat, but you keep knocking and knocking and knocking. Eventually that friend is gonna get up and give you something. And so he tells us in verse nine, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, find. It's everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So Jesus is telling us, pray without ceasing. Keep on asking. Sometimes you're asking and asking. You may be asking for years and you're like, nothing is changing. But you ask and then you seek. You seek his word. You seek his children. You seek him. You have to not only ask, you have to seek him. And then you have to keep on knocking. So what does knocking mean? When I think about knocking, it makes me think about doing work, right? It's this work of discipleship. So as we're asking God to help us, to heal us, to do something for us, we should also be pouring back into other people. We should be knocking on doors and sharing our love of God with others. And he reminds us that as a father, if your children were to ask you for anything, you give it to them. And that's the same thing that our heavenly father wants to do for us. Jesus was a hundred percent man. He walked on earth. He was challenged by people. As we progress through this chapter, we see that people challenged him and said, if you're truly the son of God, show us a miracle, show us a miracle, show us something. And he realized that he doesn't serve them. He doesn't have to show them a miracle just because they asked. Just because someone asks us to do something for them doesn't mean that we need to do it. Many times people challenge us. They challenge us because they want to see, is this person really a Christian? Is this person really the person that they have professed to be? And we don't have to prove anything to them. Why? Because we serve God. We don't serve man. So don't allow people to test you, to challenge you, to make you do things that are outside of your comfort zone. In verse 34, Jesus says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. 
But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. We see our eyes, I love to say, are the windows to our soul. So the content that we consume, the things that we are looking at, the things that we read, they fill our body with darkness or with light. So if you spend hours and hours and hours scrolling on social media and your feed is filled with things that are not edifying of God, that's what you're filling your body with. Fill your body with kingdom thoughts, with kingdom things. There's nothing wrong with social media, but make sure what you're consuming on social media is edifying to you, is helping you grow professionally, personally, or spiritually. This chapter finishes up with my Pharisees asking Jesus to join in and have a meal with him. And the Pharisees watches Jesus and he doesn't clean his hands. He doesn't perform any religious rituals. And this throws the Pharisees off. And he says in verse 39, then the Lord says to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? I like to equivocate this to your insides should match your outsides. So maybe you show up and you're clean shaven and you're beautiful and um, you look good every day, but inside you are dying. Inside you are dying because you are filled with things of this world. Your heart is heavy. Your heart has been broken and it's turned hard and bitter and you're sad and you're angry or maybe you're anxious or you have grief because you've lost a loved one or lost a relationship or lost a job. And so your insides become hard. That's not what God commands us to do. He wants your insides to be clean. He wants you to focus on cleaning up your thoughts, cleaning up your mind, cleaning up everything inside of you so that your insides can match your outsides, so that the beauty that people see on the outside is a direct reflection of the beauty that you have on the inside. So remember, God teaches us how to pray a very simple prayer in this book. And he reminds us that our job is to focus on ourselves. It is to clean us up inside so that when we are asking, we are seeking, we are knocking, we are focused on allowing God to do his good work inside us.